Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 Seven five zero one ninety ninety. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727 541 1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727 541 1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Look over here and see what you can win. Open those doors and show us a new car! A 1977 Chevette, a four-passenger car from Chevrolet that's roomy in size and space and simple in service and operation, the Chevy Chevette. It's equipped with deluxe bumpers, body side molding, remote port mirror, AM, FM radio, power brakes, 1.5 liter engine, and intermittent windshield wiper system. We have another game for you. You may win this. A new sports car. It's a Stingray Corvette, America's true production sports car with full independent suspension, disc brakes on all four wheels, side guard, door beams, and new front resilient body color bumper. It's also equipped with steel belted radial white wall tires and air conditioning. It's the Corvette by Chevrolet. Robert, yeah. thank you. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Button up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see me live here in the studios in downtown. Is this Clearwater? Clearwater. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you miss any of our past shows, go to NostalgicRadioandCars.com, our archive page. Good evening, Tommy. Ooh, good evening, Robert. Oh, yeah, well, hey, what? Well, speaking of speaking of it, we could have blah, blah. We were going to do this last week, so I want to drink your blood. It's uh, Halloween this weekend, right? I think it's the 31st of this Yes, this weekend. Okay, that's weekend. All right, so blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I just, you know, 
Halloween, Dracula, the mummies. You know, it's fun because back in the day, I'm sure when you were a kid too, we used to watch Dr. Paul Bear on Saturdays, you know. And then, of course, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the, uh, what's it called? Mistress of the Night, Dark, something like that. And, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I used to love to watch those monster movies. I used to get a big kick out of the Abbott and Costello ones, uh, monster movies with Frankenstein and stuff like that was good. Three Stooges did them. Uh, who else? I don't know. Just a whole host of of uh, Saturday matinee monster movies. Um, that was pretty cool. I wonder if Dr. Paul Bear is still around. If he is, we had a try. We should have got him on the as a guest. That would have been because uh, I think that was local, wasn't it? Out of, out of Tampa Bay or something like that. Can't remember. But anyway. Speaking of Tampa Bay, we have a exciting guest for you coming on this evening. He is a musician from the Tampa Bay area, or and, uh, from a band with a, formerly with a band that was based out of the Tampa Bay area uh, back in the seventies. And uh, so we're excited to have him on the show tonight. He's uh, got some great stories for us. We're looking forward to that. Um, what did we do this past weekend? Well, downtown Safety Harbor. I'm not sure if I even mentioned it last week. I probably forgot. But, uh, yeah, hey, you know, dementia. I have de- I de- You know how some people plead the fifth? I plead dementia. You know, because I had a, uh, a uh, as of 25th of October, 1972, and today, I have been driving 49 years in one day. Because I got my driver's license October 25th, 1972. And I couldn't wait. After school, my friend uh, um, Bob, his girlfriend Mary, picked me up after school, Clearwater High School. I think I was at Clearwater High. Yeah, Clearwater High School. And uh, picked me up in a 70 Camaro RS Type LT or something like that, which wasn't LT1 or anything, but it was a the luxury model. But it was an RS front-end car, brown, brown vinyl top. Dark brown, light brown vinyl top, light brown, brown interior, bucket seat console, horseshoe shifter. It was really cool. So we went down to DMV down here at, uh, it was at the old Sears town. I got in her car. I went with the driver's instructor or the uh, DMV guy. And we went around the block there, drove down, pulled out of the parking lot. At, uh, actually, you, you, you got in the car at the back of the parking lot there, back of Sears town. Came down the little side road, hung a right on Missouri Avenue, went down to uh, Drew Street, or Turner, Drew, Turner, whatever it is, and hung a right there, drove around the neighborhood a little bit. That was all fine and dandy, and a little driving, a little stopping, a little go, a little stuff like that, until I had to do the three-point turn. Now, I practiced that in my mom's car. My mom had a big old Lincoln, 69 Lincoln Continental four-door, and I creamed those cones all the time, and then I would tap the... Uh, the post that they would have. They had actually had post sticking up on a concrete and a little five-gallon bucket. And um, so I figured, well, gee whiz, if I take my test in a, in a Camaro, I mean, which is like, you know, two-thirds the size of a big old Lincoln, I should be good, I think, I thought. Well, guess what? I bumped the doggone things, but I managed to walk away with my driver's license so as of october 25th 1972 and to october 25th the same day on a monday because my birthday was on the 23rd which is a saturday on the same day 49 years later i was out driving around and today is 49 years and one day 
How about that? What do you think of that, Tommy? That's I'm still, amazing. I'm still driving. Did, did you just mention what you took your test in? Yeah, 70 Camaro RS. Real nice Camaro. I couldn't. And funny because Bob had a Mustang, had a 65, had a 67 Mustang coupe, and he offered to to do the Mustang, but there was a conflict because Bob had a twin sister and she had some events going on at school. So here I thought I was going to get my license in a Ford Mustang, and I had to settle for a Chevrolet. I My very first car was a 72 Camaro LT. Yeah, LT, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a luxury model. had the nicer interior in it. That's kind of what, that's what this I, was. I took my driver's test in a Ranchero. <laughs> Did you really? Really? What year? It was a early 70s. Oh, really? Okay. Mine was I got my license in 75. So. You got you in 75? Okay. Well, you're not that far behind. My 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 uh, second car, third car was a '72 Ranchero GT, which I used to terrorize Clearwater Beach and Clearwater with. I used to run up and down the road. Once I got the thing all built up with 514 gears and four speed and 13 to one motor, we run about 12s on the street. But those are the good old days. Now it's I still have that car, Tommy. I had the car in high school. We joke about that. In fact, I think this year's, and we didn't do it last year. Well, maybe not this year, but we were going to do a, I don't know, 45-year reunion or something like that, maybe, because I graduated 75, so 2020. I don't know what they did about reunions. i got to find out, but I was going to drive the car there, and um, got to get some tires for it. But anyway, all right, so what's going on this weekend? Oh, this past weekend, like I said, we went downtown Safety Harbor. We had the uh, British Car Show. And uh, a lot of cool cars there. What Hayes uh, brought over a really cool red um, 65, 66 TVR Griffith. Well, Griffith. And, uh, and that was basically TVR with a Ford motor in it. And I was telling the story that I talked to Jack Griffith, who originally pioneered that car. He was a dealer, Ford Lincoln Mercury dealer out of uh, New York. And at the time, he was buddy-buddies with Mark Donahue. So Mark Donahue actually did some of the prototype testing and maybe wrenching on the very, very first uh, TBR Griffith, Griffith, and uh, which is a pretty amazing car. A little fiberglass, little beater, kind of a little sporty-looking kind of car. Really, really short and stubby, short wheelbase. And uh, But, you know, you shoehorn a Ford V8 in that thing, and, man, the thing just comes alive. It just, you know, it had a little four-cylinder motor in it, which had a big whopping maybe 100, 110 horsepower. You put a 250-horsepower motor in it, and, wow, and a car that weighs not even 2,000 pounds, it's going to fly. And, of course, we know that uh, Mark Donahue went on to be the legend that he did, and he was tied to, uh, to Roger Penske. And then uh, it just, you know, st stunned everybody in, in road racing, um, GT racing, Trans Am racing, and then, uh, and then the mighty 917K, uh, which is uh, probably, you know, 1,000 horsepower. Two six-cylinder Porsche motors kind of, made it together back to back so pretty incredible car but anyway and there was the assortment of jaguars and heelys and triumph the heely club had a big presence over there so my first car was an austin heely 1970 65 austin heely mk3 3000 mark 3 phase one early car 64 and a half 65 car and then 66 66 67 they changed them a little bit um Triumphs. Oh, yeah. Then there was a slew of Metropolitans. Remember those little things? Little metros? But they didn't have coupes. They were all convertibles. There were like seven or eight of them there. They were really pretty cool. Pretty Kind of 
Metropolitans and the Neapolitan kind of color. Remember Neapolitan ice cream came with uh, white chocolate and I think strawberry. Is that what it was? Yeah. So I was jokingly saying, oh, we have some Neapolitan Metropolitans. And they were actually powered by little MG motors, you know, which were basically like 1,100cc or something like that. A little, basically a little Is that what the make was? No, Metropolitans. They were were called Metropolitans, but I think they were Nash. Nash, They were Nash, so Nash, Metropolitan. And uh, so let's see what else they have. Heelys, Jags, Triumph, TR4s, TR6s, a couple TR250s, a couple Morris Miners. And there's one guy, which I thought had the coolest car there, was a 1932, 33 MG of some kind. And just a tiny little thing, but it was perfectly restored. And it was a quasi-recreation, because they had part of the car, and then they had to recreate the rest of it. So he he called it right. He called it a rebody, which it was, you know, because a lot of the panels had to be recreated and sourced from overseas and all around the world just to kind of make this whole car but it really it should have won best of show because it was outstanding you know when you go to a car show there's and this past weekend they had the uh, greenwich connecticut car show a couple weeks ago they had the audrain and then i think they also had the chattanooga motor fest and uh but this weekend this saturday no this sunday this no monday sunday friday 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 this friday yes is the fort lauderdale concourse um we had uh Ms. Panache on, Maria Panache on last week, and she was talking about she's the founder of the uh, New York Concourse and the uh, Fort Lauderdale. So it should be interesting. It's just a one-day event, which is kind of interesting. It's more of a, I don't know, just a high-end kind of really cool car party. But also what's taking place this weekend is the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. So if you're into really cool boats, yachts, fast boats, uh, offshore racing boats, so there will be a bunch of those there too. So if you got nothing else to do this weekend, just mosey on down to uh, South Florida, where all the action is. Right, Tommy? That's what oh, they say. That's what they say. All right, on that note, I think what you're going to have to do is find us uh, some classic outlaws. Let's play one of your favorite classic outlaws, since we're into the Southern Rock thing this evening. And uh, our guest is... Oops, did I give away a hint? I think I did. Okay, well, at any rate, um, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Tommy is going to... Graces was one of his uh, more favorable. Uh, there albums. goes another. There goes another love song. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Green Cars. I'll touch that doll. We'll be right back in a minute or two. Sitting in a corner of a crowded barroom People all around me and I still feel alone Just when I know I'm gonna break down and cry Someone played a tune that drive the tear from mine There goes another love song Someone singing about me again There goes another love song
far from my home Trying to get back to where I know I belong Wish and a hope that I was already there I just heard a voice whispered in my ears There goes another love song Someone singing about me again There goes another love song Now I need more than a friend Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Hey now and have mercy, this is Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. All right, we're back. Thank you, Billy. Um, yeah, so what was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about uh, the good old days. Oh, you know what? Something else. That, I was just reading an article today. You know, I, I, I am really not into this electric car caca okay i don't get it i don't like it i don't like it being forced down our throat not to mention the fact that i went to get gas today and i was in pinellas park there's a place down there off of park boulevard and uh um 49th street and it's in the public shopping center and they have a high test fuel or racing fuel you can you can buy now it was at 1.7 bucks 750 a gallon i went to today it was nine 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 point nine okay well that's uh 10 bucks a gallon for racing fuel then i looked at their tecron because i needed a i was driving an old 911 that's been sitting for a while and it needed um little high test fuel so i went to wahua and bought some uh non-ethanol and then i went over there to put a little Tecron, whatever they, you know, they, they brag about their high test gas. Uh, it's ninety three octane. It's ridiculous. Ninety three was like bottom of the barrel junk back in the day, wasn't it, Tommy? I mean, we used to just roll up the Sunoco two sixty and get one hundred five out of the pump, so no big deal. It was two thirty one cents a gallon in nineteen seventy two when I got my driver's license. Regular gas was twenty six and change, and let's just say medium grade was probably probably around 20, 28, 29 cents a gallon. And high test was about 30-something. any rate, uh, and that's the fact, Jack. So here we are. They're trying to force this electric crap. So I think there's this big conspiracy going. That's me, you know. I'm the conspiratorialist. I don't trust anything and believe anything the government says, of course. And now with this all, you know, the, the, the rationing and the chain, 
of, of, of products being able to reach their destinations and all this other stuff. So there's something really wacky going on. I'm not sure what it is. But at any rate, so I was reading an article. Now, you know, the electric thing's one thing. But now all the manufacturers are kind of like going, nope, we're going to have, you know, by 19, by 2025, by 2028, by 2029, 30, 35, whatever it is, we're going to go strictly electric. That's a bunch of crap. They're making it sound like that is the only alternative. Well, they keep overlooking. There's other sources and other way. I mean, they are making engines far more efficient on fossil fuels, if you want to use the term ICE, internal combustion engines. But... The big push right now, and the Germans are really stepping it up, and now the Japanese are stepping it up, is hydrogen. And I'm glad to see that. Hydrogen-powered cars. Now, Toyota, I was reading an article, and I didn't get the whole article. But I didn't have time to read the whole thing thoroughly. But they are actually got one they're going to put on the racetrack. So that's good. So this is where I'm going with this, is that there should be alternatives to... Uh, electric, because not everybody wants electric. I was joking with a friend of mine yesterday, and he goes, well, don't worry about it, Robert. You can buy a sound effect. Your sound effect could either be that of a drag car, a road race car, a GT car, a tractor, whatever you want. You'll have a sound effect, and you know whatever makes you feel good. Nobody else will hear it, but you'll be able to hear it inside the car. And it'll be timed with the acceleration of whatever that electric high-powered or overpriced electric golf cart that you're driving, which is ridiculous. But So let's see what happens, but I think that the manufacturers are jumping to the gun, you know, and they're not using their head, and they still haven't solved the battery problem. They still haven't solved the mining of the battery, the, the, the lithium or whatever it is that uh, um, is supposed to be the source of the power for the battery. Now, there is a company out in Nevada that I was reading up on that's somehow indirectly tied with Tesla. One of the original founders of Tesla has gone off. I've invited him to come on the show and make his stance. So we'll see and uh, what he has to say because, you know, for me, it's a learning experience, too. I want to find out more about it, you know, because I don't fully understand it. So if I don't fully understand something, I'm going to take a real negative approach to it. If it, you know, it sounds like a bad deal to me, so that's kind of like my position on it, you know. And uh, especially when you go down the interstate and you see, you know, Tesla's going down the road really, really slow because you know they're just about out of battery, hoping they can make it someplace where they could, uh, you know, charge it. But at any rate, internal combustion engines still rule and classic cars still rule. Tommy, on that note, I think you need to fire up the stereo, play another one of your favorite outlaw songs, and let's call our guests and let's get on with the interview, I think. You tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let's rock and roll. It is Rocktober. We have another legendary musician on the show for you this evening. There we go. Well, I was born in the Southland 20 some odd years ago. Well, I left home for the first time, honey, when I was four years old. I'm a freeborn man. Home is on my back. I got a lady in Cincinnati, a woman in San Antonio. I always love the girl next door, honey, every place was home. I'm a freeborn man. Home is on my back. I know every inch of highway. 
Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid is Robert Redford. Catherine Ross is Etta Place. Dynamite's ready, Butch. Well, that ought to do it. Think you's enough dynamite there, Butch? Most of this is true, and all of it blazes with action. You've never met a pair like Butch and Sundance. Well, we're back in business, boys and girls. Outlaws with style, in a class all their own. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought I was gonna grow up to be a hero. Don't tell me how to rob a bank. I know how to rob a bank. And anything you ask of me, I'll do. Except one thing. I won't watch you die. You just keep thinking, that's what you're good at. <laughs> An incredible pair of rugged adventurers, creating a living legend on two continents. But it's just one guy. Don't you get sick of being right all the time? They rob trains. Stop it. Looted banks. Manas and Eva, they got him up. Ah, oh, you're so damn smart, you read it. And one girl shared their love and larceny. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. What are you doing? Stealing your woman? Take her. Boy, you're a romantic bastard, I'll give you that. Mr. E.H. Harriman of the Union Pacific put the top lawmen in the West on their trail. They're very good! If he'd just pay me what he's spending to make me stop robbing him, I'd stop robbing him. They were outlaws, running out of time and out of space, and a changing world was closing in on them. From the American West to New York. To the dangerous new frontier of Bolivia. Bolivia! He'll feel a lot better after he's robbed a couple of banks. I'll jump first. And you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? Hey there, this is John Oates, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is a legendary southern rock musician and the former bassist for one of our local... Best Southern Rock Bands. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Harvey Dalton Arnold. Harvey, how you doing? Welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I am doing great. Thank you for having me here. Well, it's a pleasure. Hey, let me ask you a question. Does anybody ever say to you, hey, you're the guy with three first names? Uh, and I answer that. There are also three last names. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey, give us a little musical background or some background on you as far as uh, how you got uh, to be such a, uh, a well-connected uh, Southern rock guy with uh, just one of the best Southern rock bands. I mean, you know, the Guitar Army, I think, was, wasn't was the, the Outlaws considered, or was it, uh, um, what was the other band? 
It was it was we, Guitar Army. We were the we were the Florida Guitar Army. Okay. Um, let, let me make that clear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no, nah, I was born and raised here in North Carolina, where I where I live now. Uh-huh. Uh I was in. Uh, Tampa. Well, I was actually living in Melbourne, Florida, playing in Tampa with a band called Fresh Squeezed, which is a nice Florida name. Yeah. <laughs> Orange juice comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, it, uh, the Outlaws had lost their bass player and and had asked a friend of theirs, Wally Dents. I don't know if you ever heard of Wally. He played. He had some great. He's a great musician. He ended up with the Bellamy Brothers for twenty some years, and uh, but they they asked him um, to join, and he um, he said, "I have a band that's just about to get signed, so I don't want to really leave that right now." But I know this guy, and he recommended me, and. Um, I'd never heard of the Outlaws or never heard the Outlaws. So they came to a club in Tampa called The Depot. I don't know if you remember that. Um, But they came and checked me out on a Friday. I think it was the last night that band was together, and I was headed back to North Carolina. But they heard me on a Friday, um, auditioned me Saturday, hired me Sunday, I started rehearsing with them Monday, and then Thursday we opened for Skinner and Johnny Winter in Birmingham, Alabama. Wow! So, so yeah, it was. I'm glad it happened real fast like that because I didn't know what what I was jumping into. Yeah, yeah. What year was that, and how old were you? That was 1976, and I was probably 22 years old. I would say. How long have you been playing guitar? I mean, do you play both guitar and bass, or do you are you just more of a bass guitar player? Well, I've played bass since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Now I've, I've been playing guitar probably, oh, Lord, probably close to 20 years. And I have a band here that I play guitar in, it's the Harvey Dolphin Arnold Band. And I have a band on the coast of North Carolina. We've been together since 1969 before the Outlaws, and we're still together, and I play bass with them. So uh, so I'm, I'm grateful just to be able to do it all, you know, play both and 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 still, still do it, you know. What was it like when you first got with the Outlaws? Now, at the time, the Outlaws, I think, had one, one, one or two albums out already, right? They had two. Two, okay. Uh, By 76. And so they were a fairly well-known band, at least in our part. In fact, um, uh, O'Keefe was... uh, Frank. Frank was right out of Clearwater, Florida. And I don't remember if... was was, Yoho was one of the band members, too, at the time, right? And he was with you guys back then? Monty Yoho. Yeah. City, I believe. Okay, and... uh, so those guys were local. I think Monty was out of Pinellas Park or maybe Lakeland or something like that. I'm not sure where exactly he was yeah, from. Plant, Plant City, I think, is where his parents were. Okay. And uh, so when you when you first got with these guys, was it was it overwhelming for you? I mean, coming from let's just say a smaller band that played local venues, and now here you are doing basically you know 
thousands and thousands of people in, 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 are in front, uh, playing in front of thousands of people in, in, in large concert venues. Um, it, it was. I mean, the first night, I, I really didn't know how big the outlaws were. And I uh, walked out after, you know, after just joining days before, and there's 10, 12,000 people in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, I, I remember calling home and telling my wife at the time that I don't think I can do this. And, uh, and I remember getting me a few shots of courage in me. And, um, then you just, you just roll, you know, it, it was a, a thrill. I mean, I, it, I was so concentrating on the, the material and, uh, trying to just do my job. Um, that I, I tried to, I think I tried to ignore the magnitude of it, but, but it was, uh, it, it was it was wonderful, um, and and we worked hard. I think one one year we did like two hundred and ten dates. Uh, it was great. I mean, I'm I'm very grateful for it. It's like a a kid that wanted to play in the majors, getting to play uh, a little bit in the major leagues. You know, I got my, I got the taste of the American dream. You know. The term when we had um, we've interviewed Henry Paul before. Henry's been on the show, and uh, and Ricky Medlock from Leonard Skidder, which those are guys that you played with, I'm sure. And uh, I used when I asked Ricky, I said because the Outlaws, Thirty Eight Special, Molly Hatchet, um, Allen Brothers, they refer to them as Southern rock bands, Southern rock music. And I asked Ricky if that was a style. You know, he was a Blackfoot, obviously, and he goes, "No, it's rock and roll." But it, but in, but you, they, they kind of refer to you as a, you know, Southern rock musician. How do you, how do you interpret the term Southern rock? I mean, is it, is it got a style to it? You know, that's an interesting question because if you think of. Uh, the you know you include the Almond Brothers and Marshall Tucker, yeah, uh, Atlanta Rhythm Section, um, Outlaws, Skinner. If you think about them, they're all quite different from from each other. Um, uh, some the Almond Brothers touched on the blues and sort of j- jazz uh, improvisation, and the Outlaws were probably one of the more vocal heavy and more country country rock um i think it was just uh just a a wave of this great rock and roll um i think all of us probably drew from the southern roots Uh, i think that was the thread between all the bands even though that we all sounded just like ourselves, not like each other at all, and not trying to emulate each other. Um, it, it was just amazing that so many good bands were coming out of the South at the same time. Well, it was an era, you know, and that's, I grew up during that time. I was a kid, teenager and everything, and so, you know, Outlaws, local band, you know, 38 Special, Molly Hatchet, Allman Brothers, you know, like you said, uh, Marshall Tucker, um, and uh, that was just that's still great music. You know, you turn the radio on or you listen to it. It's just uh, it's just great music. You know, it's uh, it's good. How much of the songwriting did you get involved with? You were there from '76 to what 1980 something like that. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you get a chance to contribute to some of the songwriting? I did. I, I got one or two per album. Uh-huh. I mean, I was, I was the George Harrison. Okay. <laughs> the George Harrison of the band. Okay. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, you just, it, ultimately, it's the producer of the record that, that decides that and and the producer probably that that favored me the most was the first one bill Simzik, and uh that was a real thrill i don't know if you know his history but no the, he, he produced uh the eagles hotel california oh okay he also produced thrill is gone bb king before that but uh but he liked a couple of my songs and 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 every producer i mean of course the voices of of the band are what you want to put out there huey and billy and and henry and um you know you want to you want to present the band you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. as it as its brand which which also happened to be the best singers and the best songwriters so i had no problem i, I was thrilled to get anything on an album when they talk about the term songwriting so are we talking lyrics or are we talking the actual music and then how does it kind of mesh how does it work together well we we wrote separately Mm -hmm. um Huey wrote his songs Billy wrote his songs I wrote my songs Huey wrote his songs so so what you hear is is basically just a, a single songwriter, but when you put it all together and you, and you come together and everybody kind of tries to make each other's songs better or, or or basically tells each other what part of the song sucks <laughs> <laughs> so so as a band it it becomes the whole is greater than the parts as i say okay was it was so there was a there was this really good camaraderie and a really good working relationship with you and billy and and huey right uh yeah yeah i mean they had been together lord since grade school i think Mm -hmm. um they went way way back so they they had a you know, I won't say love hate, but they they knew how to how to push each other's buttons and aggravate the hell out of each other. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, but uh, they also loved each other to to the bone. I mean, um, it, it was just very very deep relationship that I walked into. You know, uh-huh. so so if they were having a, a little spat, I didn't know what the hell was going on. But it, but it's all right, like brothers. You know, you. They can get kind of intense, but then then it's all right the next day. But um, but but there was more love than than uh, than not. What was your uh, your uh, guitar of choice back in the day? Were you a P bass kind of guy, Fender, or did you play? Yeah, yeah. Gibson. Yeah, I grew up. My first bass when I was thirteen years old was a, a Precision, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I got a 66 my dad got for me, and now my son plays that. Oh, so you still have that guitar? 
my I gave it to my son, and he's gigging, and he's like gigging three or four times a week with it. He brought it back to life, and uh, um, I've got a a '77 that I played, I think, on the live record. Uh-huh. I got that. I couldn't couldn't find one. I had to order with Fender for like eight months for because I'm left-handed, and uh, and they called me and said we don't have enough orders to make a run, so. Um, I ended up finding this, uh, my, my 66 is a right-handed bass, but the left-handed one I found in a music store in Miami. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, P-Bass all the way. Um, now I have a, a jazz bass, I think, just because uh, it's, it's a little easier to play as I'm older. <laughs> um, Lighter strings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they're about the about the same strings, but the neck's a little narrower. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. When tell me the difference. This is a question I always want. You guys, you guys did both live and studio albums. What's a what's a difference? In other words, how do you guys? You know, tell us a little bit about what, would the, what are the differences between recording a live album and a and a studio album. Studio album, obviously, you're in the studio, but then live. What uh, what are some of the pros and cons and the ins and outs? Um, well, I, I would say, well, I mean, we were a live band. If, if you wanted to see us at our best, I think it had to involve a bunch of people. Um, just that magic. Uh-huh. Um, I look back now, I, I didn't really listen to the Outlaws for a long time after I left. Uh, I, I don't know why. I just don't like to listen to myself that much. But but recently I've gone back, and it's just unbelievable the energy that we had um, live. And so I think a band like that, the the idea is to try to capture that in a studio, and it's always so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's an entirely different process. I did four albums and had four different producers, so you had four different approaches um uh so you know we just we we were a band and we just played um and we just trusted a producer to make sense out of our out of our mess um but but there are a lot of bands like that, I think, like the Allman Brothers were predominantly a live band, though uh, some of, I mean, I think our studio stuff was great, and certainly the Allman Brothers was great, but I think both ba- both bands will always be remembered for their shows. You've got a new album out, and is this uh, with your band up there in North Carolina that you're doing? It, it, it's called it, Stories it, well, to Live I, Up I, To? Stories to Live Up to. I actually recorded it in Brooklyn, New York with um, uh, a couple of st- studio guys. I, I did it in three days, and we did nine songs. And uh turns out the musicians uh, are extraordinary. It was, uh, the drummer's a guy named Charlie Drayton. He played on uh, Keith Richards' solo stuff. And uh, uh, the... Zev Katz was the bass player, and I looked him up. <clears throat> at, this was afterwards. I didn't know these guys were, like, infamous, but <laughs> afterwards I looked um, 
Zev up, and he was playing with uh, Steven Tyler, I think at the Lincoln Center for McCartney or maybe the Kennedy Center, doing, she came in through the bathroom window, and uh, and I, I had sent them a little demo I did in the bathroom with a, just a Stratocaster, and so they didn't didn't know what to to expect. They had not heard any drums or bass ideas, and so I walk in and they say, "What do you want there?" And I say, "Whatever you feel." And I think they were so used to being in New York studios and kind of being directed what to do, they just really came alive. Alive, and um, we just had a chemistry, and we just knocked it out. I think six of the vocals were live. Um, we were all in this one room for three days, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll have to say drinking moonshine and, <laughs> and, all right. and other ways feeling good, but uh, not dangerously, but uh, we had a great time, and it's a, it's a great album. It's, it's very human. There's, there's some uh, human... Uh, I won't say errors, but rough edges. Um, but I, but I love that about it. Now, are you going to be doing any touring? And if you are, are you coming to Florida anytime soon? I, I would love to. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I need somebody to help me get out there. You know, I'm just not. I haven't, I haven't kept up with the business. You know, I played local a lot. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, if I can figure out a way, I'd. I want to. I want to get back to Florida. I mean, um, I mean, I lived in Sulphur Springs and Howard Street and Tampa and Brandon and Riverview and Melbourne, and so I feel like it's it's like a second home. I would absolutely love coming back down there. Well, we'll have to see. You know, they have a lot of car shows down here, so you know, every once in a while, it's always good to tie in uh, cars and guitars. You know, and uh... oh yeah, I love cars. Yeah. Well, now I'll tell you what. We've got a minute or two left. What I want to do is I want you to tell people more about uh, how they can find out and, and get your next album here, your latest album. But also, I'd love to be able to invite you back, and we'll talk a little bit more. We'll get uh, get you on a little earlier, and we can go into stories. People want to hear stories, and I've got a million and one questions, and, and you know it's amazing how 30 minutes goes real quick. But if people want to find your album, how do they go about doing it? Well, uh, my sort of record label is Music Maker. Relief Foundation, but go to musicmaker.org mm-hmm. and you can buy it there. You can hit me up on Facebook, Harvey Dalton Arnold, and I'll give you my mailing address and I'll sign it and send it out. Um, that's a good way to do it. Okay. Um, uh, either way, um, I think you can probably find it on some of the social. Uh, you know, Amazon and all that, some of the uh, CD baby. But uh, but I, I would prefer, I, I love meeting people, so if if, if you want to uh, send me a message, Harvey Dalton Arnold on Facebook, I'll be glad to, um, to hook, hook you up. All right, we got 30 seconds left. I saw you doing a plug for some uh, homemade beer company. Uh, I'm not sure where it was. It was like a little quick. I didn't have enough time to list the whole thing. So who's who's the beer dude? Dude, you were plugging. Because I'm a beer drinker too. So I love beer and pizza. So I I just thought I'd throw that out because if it's one of your buddies, go ahead and plug them real quick. 
that was Bull Durham beer, uh-huh. and it's it's the beer of the um, Durham Bulls, who is the uh, a- actually the Tampa Bay Rays AAA baseball team up here. Oh, really? In in Durham, North Carolina, right? All right. Well, that's cool. And then we'll talk about some of the cool cars you've had over the years, too, because I'm sure you've had some uh, number of hot rods. You know, everybody up in the Carolinas, I mean, that's uh, NASCAR or drag race territory. My, my, my Mavericks and Comets. Okay, we'll talk about Ma- that. Oh, good. Sounds like you're a Ford guy. That's even better yet. <laughs> yeah, I got a Ranger in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Harvey, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Greenwood Cars. Unfortunately, we're up against the clock again, but we got to do this again, and then we got to figure out how to get you down here and, and, and play some local gigs. What do you say to that? Let's do it. I, I have a really great band, and, and we're having so much fun, and I'd love to share it with everybody. Sounds good. We look forward to it. Harvey, thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio Cars. Best of luck to you. Congratulations on your new album. And uh, stories to live up to. And your your song, Lone Outlaw, that's, uh, that's a good song. I like that. I was just listening to that earlier as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Harvey. Take care. You too, brother. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Car. You know what? This is this is this is amazing. You know, because when I look back, I got to pinch myself every once in a while. You know, because here you get a guy like Harvey Dalton Arnold on it. You know, Outlaws. I mean, Tommy. How many times did you see the Outlaws in concert? He can't count. You can't have too many times, right? A lot of times. Many times. Many yeah. times. Okay. You know, and of course, I didn't really go to a lot of concerts back then because I was too busy street racing. So, you know, I was always broke. But anyway, because I had to put, I had to buy that uh, 32 cent a gallon um, Sunoco 260 and put it in my car and get it down the road. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, when you when I when I look at some of the bands, some of the people that have been on this show here, you know, some of these rock and roll guys, I mean, it's just, uh, it thrills me because, you know, I never thought this. And, you know, if you asked me this 49 and some odd years ago, whether I'd be, uh, Interviewing some of the guys from all these great bands, Outlaws and Leonard Skinner and people like that. This is incredible. But anyway, you're going to hear it here first. We got some more musical guests coming on here. We're going to kind of go for go with the musical theme theme for a while here. And uh, in the meantime, I want everybody to have a really cool and safe Halloween. Watch out for Dracula because he's going to be out looking for you. You know. And uh, but anyway, in the meantime, I want don't forget some of the car shows this weekend: Lauderdale Fort Lauderdale Concourse Boat Show. SEMA's coming up next week also. Gee whiz. Uh, Hey, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.